What's the easiest choice you can make? Window instead of middle seat? Picking a vendor who sends a great gift basket? Outsourcing business tasks you hate? What about selling with Shopify? Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real-life store stage, all the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage? Shopify is there to help you grow. Whether you're selling scented soap or offering outdoor outfits, Shopify helps you sell. Wherever and whatever you're selling, Shopify's got you covered. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash try. Go to shopify.com slash try now to grow your business, no matter what stage you're in. Shopify.com slash try. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Quiet, please. Quiet, please. Mutual Broadcasting System presents Quiet, Please, which is written and directed by Willis Cooper and which features Ernest Chappell. Quiet, Please, for tonight is called Some People Don't Die. My name is Dewey Lancaster. You probably have never heard of me unless you're vitally interested in the subject of prehistoric cliff dwellers. And practically nobody is. There are a few cliff dwellings in the United States that I don't know about as well as their original inhabitants did. The Tatican, Mesa Verde, all the big ones, most of the little ones. They're quite interesting. They're quite. Now, when I tell you that this particular one is called Mesa Encantada, don't look superior and say you know where the Mesa Encantada is. Because the Southwest has more enchanted mesas than there are main streets in the United States. And the chances of your finding this particular one is about seven million to one. And you don't want to find it anyway. I'll say you don't. Let's cut out all the preliminaries and say that it was several years ago, six to be exact, that I first came to Mesa and Cantata. Muriel and me, uh, my wife. I recognized it at once. How? Well, I'd seen pictures of it in various cliff dwellers' houses. Sure, other people saw some of the pictures, too, but I was the only one that recognized them as pictures of a particular mesa. And I'd been quietly looking for it for several years. I just stood there and looked at it, with the sun about a foot off the horizon. And nothing between us and the sunset but a million giant sawaros. Just me and Muriel and Fermin, 
my Yankee Indian helper. It was pretty impressive, rearing up out of the desert about a thousand feet, and that peculiar shape, and the walls, sheer red rock, so slow you couldn't imagine a possible foothold all the way to the top. And I was pretty happy. I just stood there and looked, and all I could think of to say was, well. Well, I said, here we are. Muriel didn't say anything. Fermin did. Que si, si, como no? Not a Fermin. Uh, don't you like it? No, amigo. I do not like him one nickel. No, come on now, Fermin. Just because they call it enchanted. This place many more enchanted than you think, amigo. This baddest place in whole country. Oh, you people always say that. Not me. I never said him before, didn't we? This cholo, he gets scared pretty easy when something is where old people live one time. But you never hear Fermin say not nothing from being scared of these places ever, am I? Carambo can no know, amigo. Only this place I don't like, boys. It'll look better tomorrow morning for me. Maybe to you, amigo. But she don't look at me from the morning, I tell to you. What? You pay me off, senor amigo. Not me. I don't stay, boys. Oh, come on now, Fermin. Stop it. No mirror, amigo. Fermin, when he is scared, he don't kid you about him. I think it's much mejor you come along with me and not be here forever. Now listen, Fermin. I... No, I got my ears shut. I don't stay here, not Fermin. I take my money and I go from this. Well, how are you going to go? I'm not going to let you take the car. Yes, I walk. My pay, por favor. Fermin, listen. Now. You come with me. Don't be silly. I've been looking for this place for a long time, son, and I'm not afraid of it. Come on, be reasonable. I am more reasonable than we think, senor patron. You and senora can stay and I do not like it. But me, tengo mucho miedo. No quiero estar aquí. Please do pay me my money. What are you afraid of, Fermin? You've been with us at a dozen of these cliff dwellers' places. That's right. Look, the senora isn't afraid, Fermin. But I am. Of what, for the love of Mike? Of what is up there? You know what's up there, Fermin. Broken pottery, a few skeletons. You're not afraid of the dead people, are you? Pero estos difuntos no son muertos, senor. You're crazy, Fermin. No, senor. What did he say to He said these dead ones aren't dead. What do you mean by that, Fermin? Some brujos. Wizards? Que si, si. Well, now, look, Fermin, I'm a pretty good wizard, too. You stick around here tonight, and if any of these wizards come around, I'll put my own special variety of hex Senor, you speak to Fermin, not to some fool cholo. Mira, senor. Fermin has been with you long, many years. So do not try to tell him that kind of stuff for why he knows better. Yes, I guess you're right, Fermin. Senor. I'm sorry. Senora, you know Fermin is not superstitious in the opus. So you listen. This very mal país. How you say badness. Senor, senora, you are my father and my mother. I do not want for you to have bad death. Only not just you. And in your soul. These brujos take her too also. Please, you come away from here with Fermin. Before I am too late. Well, thanks, Fermin, but we're staying. I see. Then I go. Fermin, now don't be silly. Compromiso, senora. It is not I who am being silly. Adios, patron. Adios, senora. Fermin. Go after him, Dewey. He'll get lost, sure as anything. With 30 miles from the town, stop him. Fermin. Fermin. I caught up with him in the gathering darkness, and we stumbled across the desert together for half an hour, tripping over the straggling roots. 
clumps of greasewood bushes, snagging our faces and hands on the choya patches that seemed to lie and wait for us. And I used every argument in my catalog. Finally, I got mad. All right, Fermin, if you want to desert us, I said. And I told him where he could go. I can still see the bulk of him, stocky and sturdy against the stars that splattered the sky. And I can still hear his voice. And remember the sadness in it. No, senor. It is not I that will go there. They will take you there yourself. You and the senora. And the day will come when you will remember what Fermin has told you. And the day has come, and I remember you, Fermin. As you turned and moved away to become a part of the night. So I came back to the place where we'd parked the car close under the shoulder of the Mesa. Muriel had turned on the headlights, and they were a beacon for me as I plodded back. And when I got there, Muriel was gone. she just wandered over for a moment. When she didn't come back after 15 minutes, I started to look for her. I looked for nearly the whole night long, shouting her name as I stumbled all the way around the towering mesa. It must have been only a little while before dawn that fatigue dragged me down to the cold ground for a brief sleep. And I was awakened almost at once, it seemed, by the sound of a great gong that began in my dreams. It persisted until I forced my eyes open and saw that the sun was rising. And she was not there. I was alone at the foot of the enchanted mesa. In the quick daylight, I took the car and drove in ever-widening circles around the base of the mesa, sounding a horn and shouting Muriel's name until the needle on the gas gauge warned me to continue on foot. And I examined every inch of the mesa itself through my binoculars. And far at the top, a thousand feet above me, I could see the man-made wall and the windows of the old cliff-dwellers' mansion. But there was not the slightest sign of life anywhere. I was the only living thing on all these thousands of square miles of desert. So in despair, as the sun was declining again to the west, I drove the car back to the giant Sawato where we'd parked the night before. There was no mistaking the place, of course. I got out of the car and walked toward the smooth red precipice. And there, leaning against the rock, was a ladder. A ladder of mountain ash wood. The rungs lashed onto the uprights with rawhide strips that looked to be a thousand years old. And hanging on a rung just above my head, a beaten silver Navajo bracelet studded with turquoises. Muriel's bracelet that I bought for at Akuma, the village in the sky, two years before. Well, what would you have done? I didn't think of Fermin's wizards, his dead men who were not dead until after I'd climbed all the way up the ladder till after I'd retrieved Muriel's bracelet. And I remember thinking that perhaps this ladder indicated some racial connection between the cliff dwellers of ancient times and the, the modern Zunis who used ladders such as these to climb up to the second-story entrances to their pueblos and lock their doors by hoisting up the ladders behind them. Perhaps Muriel had found it, lying under a messy bush and dragged it over to the mesa. And then I remembered out of my scientific musings. Where was she? Where was she? That was when I discovered the doorway. A black doorway leading into the mesa. The passage beyond, dark. So 
Well, now I knew where Muriel was, and I was a little annoyed that she'd beaten me to the discovery, and I was irritated that she'd not waited for me. I called her. Muriel! No answer. I called her again. Muriel! Are you in there? Then there was a scraping sound behind me, and I looked back at the doorway just in time to see the ladder slipping away from the ledge. I leaped for it, but I was too late. It crashed to the ground. So now you've done it, Muriel, I said to myself. And I was an angry man. I started on the passageway in the dark, and I called her name again. Muriel! A man's voice answered out of the darkness. I'll take you to her, Mr. Lancaster. Who the... Who are you? I'm sorry I started you, Mr. Lancaster. My name is Kino. Well, who are you? Where's my wife? I live here, Mr. Lancaster, and your wife is safe for the moment, at least. Come along with me, please. Now, the race of the cliff dwellers had been extinct for a long, long time. We have only surmises as to what became of them, what they called themselves, what they looked like, where they came from, and where they went. Our unsolved mysteries. And here, in this place, crowned with perhaps the most ancient of all the cliff dwellings, was a man who spoke as perfect English as you and I. Yes, I am one of the cliff dwellers, Mr. Lancaster. We here in the Mesa de los Miradores, we are the last of our race. Well, I thought this place was called the Mesa Encantada. We call it the Mesa of the Watches. Well, why? You see, there is a stairway here. Now, how could a man, a, a cliff dweller, if he really was one, how could he be speaking perfect English to me here in the heart of a thousand-foot mesa far out in the desert? How could that be? I wondered if I were dreaming. No, you are not dreaming, Mr. Lancaster. Can the man read my mind? We can do many things, Mr. Lancaster. And you must not be surprised at my speaking English. Many of us can speak several languages. You see, from time to time, we send our people out into your world. We have been doing that for hundreds of years. You've been out then? Oh, yes. As a matter of fact, I was in your Navy during this last war. Aviation Radio Moon 3rd on the Lexington. Oh, I don't understand this. We don't expect you to, Mr. Lancaster. Well, where's my wife? I'm taking you to her. Be careful, the stairs are steep. And the stairs were steep. Too steep for more conversation, although you can understand how anxious I was for information, for news of Muriel. I followed a man who called himself Kino up, up higher and higher. And in the brief pauses to rest my aching legs, I managed to put in a few questions. Is my wife all right? Oh, yes. She's quite all right. Uh, how long can we stay here? For a long time. Shall we start again? There is still some distance to go. I am a trained mountain climber, but those stairs were almost too much for me. Kano, though, wasn't even breathing heavily. I had to stop oftener and oftener, and though I thought I was trying his patience sorely, he remained calm and courteous. There are about a thousand of us who live here. I hope we'll get a chance to study your people and their customs. You may do so. I'm, I'm amazed that there are people here. Living people, I mean. Yes. I'm sure. My assistant ran away from us last night. Yes. The watchers saw him. He said you were wizards up here. You know, a wizard? Yes. I know. Shall we go on? It's only a little way now. The last few hundred steps nearly tucking me out. 
At last, I staggered out onto a kind of platform at the very top of the mesa, a platform of living rock surrounded by a parapet carved out of the mesa itself, perhaps four feet high. The wind was cool up there, and the desert seemed a long, long way below, and the stars were very close. This is the place of the watchers, Mr. Lancaster. I wish you a pleasant good evening. Yes, but what... And a huge slab of rock swung into place over the trapdoor we just come through. I was alone again, on the peak of the Mesa of the Watchers. And far below me somewhere, a thousand primitive men and women went about their several ways, uncaring that a stranger watched the night for them. But I wasn't alone after all. For a voice, an old, old, dry voice, spoke to me in the cold darkness. Kenneth? It was a voice in oddly accented Spanish. And I looked around for the one who asked me, who is that? I could see no one, but I replied, Un Americano, que se llama Dewey Lancaster. And I said, Kenneth, who are you? And the dry as dust voice answered me. So, Don Alvanuel Cabeza de Vaca, that was organized. What? See? Si. Yes, that. And have you ever heard of Cabeza de Vaca? The Spanish explorer who tramped from Arizona to Kansas and back with his black servant to Stabin in 1537? In 1537. And I heard his voice six years ago. But I couldn't see anything but stars and the blackness of the desert down below. And what kind of tricks were Tino and his cliff dwellers playing on me? I lost my head for a second. I yelled at the top of my lungs. You're trying to scare me? You can't scare me! <laughs> but they did. They scared me nearly to death. Nearly. The first way they scared me, the dream. I dreamed that I'd fallen asleep and awakened again. Awakened to the man Kino standing over me. Get up, Mr. Lancaster. Well, it's about time. Yes, indeed. It is about time. What are you trying to do to me? Where's my wife? Your wife? Why, you see her very soon. Don't worry about her. I want to see her now. Not now. Are you going to let me out of here, then? No, Mr. Lancaster. No, I think not. We didn't ask you to come here. You see, you mustn't be surprised at the kind of welcome we give you. Well? We have customs, you see, of our own. And through my mind and my dream, raced all the stories I'd heard of Indian cruelties and tortures. And in my dream, I shuddered at those thoughts, and my voice wasn't very steady as I spoke in my dream. Well, if you're going to kill me, do it quick. I am not going to kill you, Mr. Lancaster. You're not going to torture me, either? No. You must merely receive the kiss of most And I thought I heard the dry... Crackling voice of old Cabeza de Vaca, muttering something behind me. But Kino spoke again. Stand still, Mr. Lancaster. 
Without his quiet, smiling words in my dream, I was suddenly powerless to move. Powerless to move away from the flat, ugly head of the great rattlesnake the Kano thrust before my face. I tried to scream. I had no voice. The sound of the snake's rattle filled my ears. Its eyes bore into mine, and a little darting fork and tongue flickered close to my eyes. Then there was the sound of the gong again. And an intolerable pain in my upper lip and my dream was down in the darkness. The second time they scared me. I awoke, and the pain in my lip was something unendurable. Then I knew it was no dream. I remember a sense of surprise that I was still alive. Though I knew death was not far away. And a voice spoke to me in the first rays of the morning sun. Huey. Muriel, where have they been keeping you? And then I saw the mark of the snake, the kiss of Mochsin on Muriel's lip, too. And I cried out. Muriel, the snake. Yes, they... Huey. I have kissed Mochsin, too. Thank you. No, Fred. No. We have not. Well, what? No, indeed, on the contrary. Now, my dear friend, you are one of us. What are you talking? Let her tell you. She knows. Muriel, what is he talking about? We're worse than dead, Dewey. Well, what do you... Mozine has kissed us. And now, we can never die. So... You are watchers now, like me, and like Kabeta Devaka there. And that was the third time he scared me. I looked past his pointing finger, and there against the breast-high parapet was what I thought at first to be a, a mummy. A tiny, fragile, dried-up skeleton encased in leathery ancient skin. And at his feet, a great shining silver mounted conquistador's helmet and an ancient sword. And slowly, slowly the desiccated mummy turned his head to us in the skull of a long dead man. And the eyes were pinpoints under the naked brows. And the grisly mouth opened. And the dry as dust words came out. See, compadre. Nosotros, todos, los misadores. Bienvenido, compadre. Yes, it was truly Cabrita de Vaca. No, Muriel and I can never die either. Well, I know, I tried. I could tell you first-hand stories of the conquest, stories I had from Cabrita de Baca himself. I won't. I won't tell you how I escaped the place so I could tell the rest of the world about the last of the cliff brothers and the enchanted mesa. Here, 16 floors above the street in a hotel room in a great city, I had the word from Kino yesterday. He said they'd followed me. They knew where I am. He said I'd better come back on account of Muriel. They can't kill her, of course. But these people of the Mesa are true sons of their 
true ancestors. So I'm going back. Muriel and I, and Kino, and Kavitha Devaka will be there for a long, long time. Maybe they'll let us out to see what this world is like a hundred years from now. If we're good. And if the world is still here. Good night. Quiet, Please, which is written and directed by Willis Cooper. The man who spoke to you was Ernest Chappell. And Sid Cassell played Fermin. Muriel was Ann Seymour. And Ted Osborne was Kino. William Adams played Cabeza de Vaca. The music for Quiet, Please is composed and played by Albert Berman. Now for a word about next week's Quiet, Please. Here is our writer-director and my good friend, Willis Cooper. For next week, I've written you a story about a man who wasn't satisfied with his lot in life and who tried to change it. It's called Little Fellow. And so, until next week at this time, I am quietly yours, Ernest Chappell. Quiet, Please comes to you from New York. This is the Mutual Broadcasting System. You know how to book flights and hotels. All you're missing is a tool to plan the travel experiences you'll have once you arrive. That's why you need Viator. Book guided tours, activities, excursions, and more in one place to make your trip truly unforgettable. Viator has over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from. Everything from simple tours to extreme adventures and all the niche, interesting stuff in between. So you can plan something that everyone you're traveling with will enjoy. Real traveler reviews give the inside scoop from people who've already been on the experiences you're considering. So you can plan with confidence. Free cancellation helps you plan for the unexpected. And 24-7 customer support means you can travel worry-free. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply.